0: The views and opinions of this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers. There is substantial risk of loss in trading futures and options, which you should carefully consider prior to trading.
1: Bringing you the ag information you need, this is Market Talk, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Jesse Allen.
0: Well, we wrapped up the week on Friday with somewhat of a mixed bag across the grain and livestock trade, and we're going to talk about it here today on Market Talk. Thanks for joining us on the program. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. We have a Busy show lined up for you here today. In just a moment, we're going to talk with Ted Seifert from Zayner Ag Hedge, get his perspective on the markets as we wrap up the week of trade. Also, later in the show, we're going to have a new voice here on the program. Jeff French with Ag Hedgers is going to join us and provide his perspective of what he's seeing in the markets as well. So a busy, busy program here today as we, again, take a look at markets that Largely just kind of wrapped up with a mixed bag on Friday. We didn't see a whole lot of follow-through after some uh, decent reversals on Thursday. Just kind of rounding out the week with a ho-hum type of attitude. Kind of depressing, much like the weather in many parts of the country here as of late. So a lot to get to here on today's Market Talk. Thank you for joining us as always. Well, joining us now here on the program as we take a look at the market action wrapping up the week of trade, we want to get some thoughts and perspective from Ted Seifrid with Zayner Ag Hedge. And Ted, great to have you back on Market Talk, my friend. Happy New Year to you. We haven't talked since uh, the calendar flipped over to 2024. Hope all is well. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Yeah, Happy New Year to you too, Jesse. Uh- all is well, although you can say for the mild December that we had, we are certainly paying for it here in January. Um, yeah, but you know, whatever. Right? It is the season, I suppose, and uh, you know, we'll survive. This isn't uh, this isn't news for for those of us that live up north, you know. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Tis we have, the season. we've got about fourteen inches of snow on the ground right now. Oh. It's all one big sheet of ice, too. So, Man. yay.
3: Well,
0: hey, you know, maybe at the end of the day, I've talked about this with a few folks, it could be good for soil moisture or at least help things out in the Midwest here moving into spring planting. So we'll we'll try to look at glass half full here on the cold weather, the snow for sure. And, uh, you know, the markets, Ted, I'm trying to look at these markets with a glass half full mentality too. not a whole lot for me to get excited about, though, in this grain trade. I know a lot of farmers are kind of the same way. Um, your perspective here kind of thousand foot view of what's going on in the grain markets. I know we're at lower prices and we got all this USDA data from us. We're watching South American weather. I mean, your perspective here, first part of 2024. I mean, corn and beans feels like we're getting to some lows, but maybe not. I don't know. What do you think, Ted?
2: You know, if we're looking for a bright spot, I think the brightest thing we have to say is that we've got some very oversold markets, right? Uh, Relative strength index on uh, soybeans is at 28%. Relative strength index on corn is at, you know, just under 30 or 29 and a half or whatever. So, you know, these are oversold markets, Jesse. Now, uh, that is not really comforting when you're looking for a bright spot. Um, You know, I mean... I. I want to say for corn, the bright spot is sort of ethanol, but then also we just saw the largest one month ethanol or one week ethanol build in in ethanol stocks. Uh, So that's, you know, maybe a wet blanket there. Um, You can say corn exports are are, are decent and they are. They're they're significantly better than last year. but really, I mean, they're barely on pace to beat the USDA's – well, they're really on pace or maybe slightly above pace to beat the USDA's est- estimate. And, man, we don't need to just barely beat the USDA estimate. We need to beat it by, say, 400 million bushels. and <laughs> We are not on pace mm-hmm. for that. Um, could it happen? Sure. Second season Brazilian crop, there's a big problem there. Hey, we might be in business or at least a little bit better business than we're in right now. Uh, But that's really what this relies on now, Jesse, is we need to have a weather issue, a supply side issue uh, to do something because the demand side is not really driving this market anymore like it was uh, back when we had a, a tremendous amount of inflation and things like that. I mean, th- those... Macroeconomic things that we had, sort of uh, giving grains and, and livestock and really commodities as a whole, the big headwinds, uh, or I'm sorry, the big tailwinds that we had, those are really all faded into the background now. So uh, we need something. And you yeah. really begs the question of, you know, hey, look at our growing season last year. Uh, it's probably the most difficult growing season we've had since 2012. Now, it wasn't 2012, but it, it was. Bad. Um, You know, really, we we had one of the driest uh, starts to the growing season we've ever Mm -hmm. seen, kind of similar to what Mato Grosso is having and down in Brazil. Yet uh, our our corn crop, we ended up with a 177 national average yield, according to the USCA. Yeah. Wow. Um, So it really begs the question for our growing season, how bad of a weather issue does it have to be to really hurt supply enough to get us into an area where we can get all bulled up again? uh i'd say south america is a different story uh different soils down there Yep. um you know we saw in argentina last year drought does really affect them so if there is a problem with that second season brazil corn crop which is like 75 percent of their overall corn production that's their export crop then we do have something to talk about um but short of that we're really pulling at straws here to try to find something exciting, something that gives us hope for prices to go, you know, dramatically higher. I mean, yes, we can have bounces here and there, but overall we are firmly in a downtrend. And uh and I don't know what there is to break us out of it, at least not right now. Now, what I will say is like mm-hmm. we talked about, we are very oversold. Yeah. Um and I, I do think there is reason to maybe put some weather premium into corn for that second season Brazil crop. You are seeing that happen down in Brazil as far as you know their export basis. Um, <clears throat> it's getting expensive them for them to buy corn from farmers at the moment, so therefore they're keeping their their deferred shipment prices kind of elevated, uh, which could be good for our export business, but it also maybe. Well, like I said, maybe means that that um, they're worried about uh, the dryness uh, th- that they have, you know, planting. Yeah. We have a saying here, um, it's kind of an old cliche of, you know, plants and bust and our bins will bust. They don't subscribe to that notion, Jesse. They want to plant it into moisture. Uh, so if they are, if they continue to be really, really dry, although there's some rain in the forecast, but if they are still really, really dry as they get through soybean harvest and into planting corn, they might lose some acreage. I mean, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, also it's, it's pushing that, that second season corn crop back a little bit, which pushes them into their hot and dry season. Uh, so there are some risks involved with that, that second season corn crop. And and maybe, maybe we can have a little bit of a, a bounce in corn because of that. Um, You know, Thursday's price action reversal off of a new contract low trading closing higher on the day wasn't a key reversal did not get over the previous day's high, but it was a reversal higher day after a new contract low that's somewhat positive problem is, is we didn't really follow up with that on Friday, Um, you know, all day on Friday, it just kind of felt like quicksand we were just Mm -hmm. sort of sinking. So again, it's it's hard to find that warm and fuzzy feeling right now, Jesse. There's a couple things that may be on the radar, but I don't think there's anything to say. Hey, you know, stop selling because we're going higher. I do not have that narrative right now, and I and I really don't understand a lot of the analysts that do
0: well good thoughts we have a lot more ahead in our conversation with ted seyfried from zaner ag hedge we're going to talk more about the demand side of this grain market and more we'll continue with ted coming up here after the break as we're back with more on market talk right after this
3: if you miss an episode of market talk you can listen back to the show anytime just search for market talk on your podcast platform of choice and you can hear past episodes of the program on demand.
4: Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content and much more. It's easy, just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube.
1: The market news and analysis you need here on Market Talk. Now back to Jesse Allen.
0: And welcome back to Market Talk as we continue our conversation here today with Ted Seifert from Zainer Ag Hedge joining us right now on the program. Ted, talk to me about demand. I think that's one area that you and I could really get into a discussion here, and specifically China. Where's China? I think a lot of folks are asking that question, and I think you answered some of that already. They're going to South America. They're going to Brazil. They're yeah. filling their needs With Brazilian corn and soybeans right now. Yes, we got that flash sale of soybeans to China on Friday morning. We haven't had many flash sales really in the last two months to China or unknown. And I know there's some questions about China's economy, but still, by and large, China has shifted a lot of their buying to South America. And that is not good for the US farmer, is it? No, really
2: not good, Jesse. Uh, So for corn, um, China is buying corn, you know, they're up, uh, on the marketing year they're, they've increased their corn buying by like 32%. And by the way, I'm mean, just a little side note, you know, go back to China, the Chinese crop and they said it was, you know, fantastic crop. And we're sitting here looking at radar and stuff like that saying, mm, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I think this is sort of proving those statements wrong. So that's just China doing China things either way, uh, their corn buying is up pretty dramatically. One, I do think they are using more corn in their feed rations. Um, you know and I think that is is um, sort of evident there with those with those uh, big corns big corn purchases that they're buying. But to your point, their new friend, their new corn friend in Brazil, Wow, that's really where the vast majority of that uh, extra corns coming from that and the Ukraine actually uh, it, it's not really coming from us and that's a bit of a disappointment. Um, And then, you know, for soybeans, soybeans is a different story because China's done business with uh, Brazil on soybeans for a long time. That's not a new thing. But where's the sense of urgency, right? If there is this big problem with this Brazilian soybean crop, uh, you know, China, again, has boots on the ground in Brazil. They know what's going on with their crop better than you or I. Yeah. And if they really, really were worried that that Brazilian crop was absolutely toast they would be buying a lot more aggressively from us. Now, it was nice to see that flash sale, right? I mean, that was, you know, it's it, we haven't seen anything like that for a while and it was a halfway decent size one. If that starts happening on a more regular basis, maybe there is that sense of urgency starting to build. I don't know. I think for right now you got to look at that as sort of a one-off. This is the time of year where they have to make purchases like that. Um, so it's not outside of normal. And I don't think we can get excited about that just yet. And, and you, 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 it's reflected in how the market's traded. You know, um, but if there's a if there was a a sense of urgency coming from China, uh, different story. The problem Mm -hmm. is the fact that there isn't says one of two things. Uh, Either China feels perfectly fine about that Brazilian crop, Brazilian, Argentinian, uh, South American crop as a whole, Paraguay, Uruguay. I mean, you got to look at that all as a combined thing Um, or they really don't have the demand. And like you said there's concerns about the Chinese economy we've seen their pork, pork prices under a lot of pressure um, meaning pork demand is is suffering a little bit and if people aren't buying pork what does that say about their overall economy I, for a very long time Jesse I've said <clears throat> don't listen to what China says about how their economy is doing you know GDP things like that look at the pork demand that is the best reflection of I think the the health of the Chinese economy that we have sitting over here right either way, Their pork demand, I think, seems fairly soft right now. And that's a concern. Mm -hmm. Their crush margins aren't good. So the combination of, of, I think, poor demand in China and I think sense of, of, you know, they feel like that crop isn't maybe as bad as what some of the recent estimates that we've heard. Whatever it is, they're not buying aggressively. And if they're not buying aggressively, that whole narrative just falls on deaf ears when it comes to the market. Uh, because again, what we have is a USDA balance sheet that just is growing. You know, We've got uh, an increasing ending stocks number. The world ending stocks number went higher despite a cut in Brazil's production. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are not things that make for a sharp rally, Jesse. Uh, again, the only thing that in my mind that would really change that is if China does start coming in here and making some splashy sales and we start getting some weekly export sales numbers that are in the to 2.5 million metric ton range, then I think we have something to talk about.
0: So, Ted, for farmers who are looking at their marketing plan pretty hard here, early 2024, maybe they didn't make as many sales as they wanted to or should have when prices were a bit higher. I have to think, I've been talking to a lot of folks about this you got to be creative here and make sure you have a good, sound marketing plan and and try to take advantage of all the tools in the toolbox here at this juncture. Would you agree with that?
2: Absolutely. Um, You know, we've talked about it. You know, there's a possibility of a bounce sort of led by corn, and I think soybeans would want to follow because this is the time of year where we talk about acreage. I don't think soybeans can afford to lose any acreage if anything they should try to gain. Uh, so there is that possibility of a bounce, but don't let that stop you from making sales. I, I think the best thing you can do right now is just have a schedule to sell a certain amount every week, kind of regardless of the price at this point. Um, and then if you do get a bounce, reserve some bigger chunks to be sold at that time. Um, you have to continue with your marketing. You cannot go head in the sand, ostrich type you know, deal. If you do that, um, the way that this is unfolding, the way the charts look, the way the the trends have been on the USA balance sheets, the global carryover, the corn carryover went up by ten million metric tons. Mm-hmm. Jesse, uh, these are not markets to sleep on. I know it's kind of depressing to look at these prices compared to where we were. Historically speaking, we are still at some. Decent prices. I mean, I I I know that we're you know two dollars off the Heisen corn, right? And I, I get that. Uh, <clears throat> but you still have to be making sales because it could get a lot worse. Or doing something, right? I mean, and I'm not talking basis contracts necessarily, but I'm I'm saying, you know, uh, some put protection, things like that. Um, you really have to protect the downside because the risk that we have is really very great. Uh, again, I I think we're banking on a lot of what ifs Uh, in long shot scenarios to get these markets to go sharply higher, the bounces might be few and far between from here. So you have to make those sales kind of regardless of whether you love the price or not right now.
0: Ted, let's flip over to livestock real quick. Some thoughts there, protein sector. I know cattle specifically, we're waiting on the cattle on feed numbers. Markets kind of been positioning ahead of those, it looked like here to end the week. But overall for you, notes for us in this livestock trade as we're kind of Getting into the back half of January here, what are you watching right now?
2: Yeah, you know, I guess you know we we talk about you know how it's hard to find a bright spot in the in the grains complex, but you know for the cattle complex, I mean, that kind of is the bright spot is that you've got corn prices coming down pretty significantly, and you know that that's pretty beneficial for for feeder cattle. Feeder cattle have a really have had a really nice bounce off of lows. You have a V bottom right now, which is not something you technically really want to see in markets. But but I will say with an asterisk, the livestock markets are are some of the few markets that that's okay for. (laughs) So I'm all right with that. Um, And now you've got prices back to at or actually just above where we were right at Thanksgiving. I mean, things really kind of accelerated to the downside after Thanksgiving. And we've taken a lot of those losses back, which is great. Now we're still well off the highs um but i do think we still have some upside potential partially because corn has come off uh but also this is a seasonal tendency to go higher right and and then also from a weather perspective jesse um you know when you get these cold polar blasts and, and a whole lot of snow and things like that it's it's kind of tough to to figure what that means for the market in the short term but i think it's Better or, or, or easier to look at what's going to happen in the long term. The reason why it's tough in the short term is you don't know what Packers are going to do. Um, we've seen shutdowns because of cold temperatures or too much snow and things like that. Those are temporary, but it really does put pressure on the cash market, which in turn puts pressure on your upfront um, futures market. Uh, but longer term, man, it, it's not. this is not easy weather for cattle. Right. And so weights are, are 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 gonna be a problem or not a problem, but weights are, are gonna suffer for that. Uh, you hope that there's not any 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 you know winter kill happening, but that's certainly a possibility. Um, so from a supply side of things, I think that you know tightens a little bit. I don't know if you see that on the catalog feed report this time around, but maybe the next. Um so, I, I, again, I think that's sort of a positive thing longer term. And what is already still a fairly tight supply side situation. Maybe it's not as tight as what we had in our, our mind back in July and August. And a lot of that's because we had uh, replacement cattle coming up through Mexico more than we, what we were expecting. Um, but either way, I, I think there's still sort of a friendly, bullish, fundamental story there in, in the cattle complex. And I think we have higher prices to come. The charts look good to me, despite that V bottom. Um, And as long as we don't have a major economic sort of crisis, which we've sort of avoided so far, uh, I think demand stays really good. Domestic demand, I think, stays stays really good. In fact, I I think you had a lot of people go out and stock up in front of this last major blast of coal. And I think they're going to be doing it here at the tail end of this week and the next week, too. So (laughs) I think the winter weather ultimately is is a bit of a friendly thing for cattle prices. and again, I, I, the seasonal trend higher, trend higher. Uh, overall health of the economy, or or, or seeming healthy, health of the health of the stock markets, or strength of stock markets, and things like that. Um, yeah, no, I think there's more upside there. Uh, as far as far as hogs are concerned, you know, we really had that flush flush out, you know, uh, right into January first because that's when the California thing was going to take place, and then it did, mm-hmm. and the world didn't end. And now we've had a pretty healthy bounce off those lows. Uh, To me, it looks like um, the hog complex is putting in a a longer term bottom, or at least trying to. Uh, I think we do have potential to go a bit higher, but I don't know about sharply higher. Um, You know, weights are kind of a problem, although they have been coming off as they do seasonally. They're still above where they were this time last year. (laughs) Um, You know, and, and my thing about pork demand is that as long as people are comfortable paying for beef uh specifically you know higher price cuts of beef there's not a ton of upside potential in in pork demand I I think pork demand really benefits when we have these scares and we're worried about our pocketbooks and things like that I mean pork demand is going to be good I think is good it's just uh I don't know you you don't have that that consumer flocking from beef into pork Mm -hmm. uh at least I don't see that at the moment you know
0: had good thoughts as we wrap it up anything final for us here today on the show
2: no you know i'm gonna go back to what we talked about earlier I, I don't think now is a good time to just sleep on marketing and just say hey uh i'm gonna wait for higher prices they're gonna come you know I, the last few years i've been able to do that this might not be that year again there's a lot of reasons why um uh, this might not be similar to what we've had in the previous few years we, we really need a I really think the only thing that we've got uh, potentially would be a, a massive problem with that second season corn crop in Brazil. But short of that, I, I, I just, I, I don't really have a good warm and fuzzy narrative for you, Jesse. So I, I do think you really have to be vigilant and continue to be marketing despite the fact that we aren't looking at the prices that we have been enjoying for the last couple of years.
0: Ted, folks want to reach out to you with their questions and talk with you at Zayner Ag Hedge. How can they reach you?
2: Yeah, after all that, I'm not sure anybody wants to. <laughs> but but <laughs> sure, you, you can reach me directly at 312-277-0113. You can also find us on the web at Uh You can read a, bit about, about, uh, read, read a bit about us. You can also sign up for, I'm doing an afternoon, uh, five to seven minute, just kind of uh, recap of the markets and kind of preparing for the next day. Um, and then also you can find me on Twitter I'm, or X. Uh, I, I'm at the Ted Spread
0: always a great conversation appreciate the time ted seifert Zayner ag hedge thanks for joining us buddy have a great weekend we'll talk to you again soon
2: thanks for having me jesse you have a great weekend too talk to you later man
0: once again ted seifert there with Zayner ag hedge all right coming up next the new voice on the show we'll talk with jeff french from ag hedgers he joins us next here on market talk
3: If you miss an episode of Market Talk, you can listen back to the show anytime. Just search for Market Talk on your podcast platform of choice, and you can hear past episodes of the program on demand.
4: Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content, and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button, or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube
0: the views and opinions of this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers. There is substantial risk of loss in trading futures and options, which you should carefully consider prior to trading.
1: Keeping you informed with the latest market information for your operation. This is Market Talk. Now back to Jesse Allen.
0: Well, as we continue to take a look at the market trade, wrapping things up on Friday, kind of ended up with a mixed bag in the grains and in the livestock trade as well. Maybe not the best way to end the week, but uh, we have plenty to take a look at, no doubt. Joining us for a conversation, pleased to have him on Market Talk for the first time. Jeff French with Ag Hedgers is joining us. Jeff, it's good to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Hope you're doing well.
5: Jesse, great to be here, and uh, yeah, first time, and uh, hopefully not the last time on the show.
0: I don't think it's going to be the last time. That is for sure. Appreciate you uh, joining us here as we kind of wrap up a an interesting week in market trade. You know, we had all the USDA data last Friday, of course, hit the market. Then we had the three day weekend. We came back in. We kind of traded more of that data. It felt like, and then. You know, Thursday, I was like, okay, maybe we're getting a reversal in these grain markets. Friday, not so much, really just kind of fizzled out to end the week. Your perspective, just this week of trade, I guess I'm not finding much of a rosy picture here, but maybe I'm wrong. What do you think it overall in grains, Jeff?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's not too rosy. I mean, like you said, we came in here. Uh, After the three day weekend and traded uh, some of that report news from Friday, Uh, you know, it's, you know, we hit the new contract lows in the March corn. We took out the uh, psychological support of 450. Uh, That was a big number. And now we close below it to close out the week. But if you go over to the beans, uh, the beans tested that $12 mark multiple times and were able to hold that area. So, uh, you know, you got both sides there. Corn taking out the support and the beans holding the support. So I think we just got to kind of move forward here, especially in the beans. You know, Brazil right now is only 2 to 3% harvested. Uh, all eyes are on down there. Uh, one of the uh, main private analysts that uh, uh, we follow here is Agro Consult, and they were out this week. They did lower their bean uh, Brazil number down 153 metric tons. Still an awfully good crop, just under their record crop from last year uh, that was down from 158. Uh, right now the USD is at 157 million metric tons. So as we progress with harvest down there, we're going to get a better idea, uh, but there's a wide range. I mean, there's some of the bulls down there have it at 130 million metric tons. Um, you know, I don't know if it's going to be down that far, um, but it certainly looks like it's not a record because it was drier. They've caught some rains here recently. Uh, But the northern area definitely did take the top off. But uh, um, the one thing you got to keep an eye on is the demand. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, this week we had really solid exports, uh, but, you know, that was expected after coming off two holiday weeks. Uh, But, uh, yeah, that was good to see on the export market. Uh, Pretty good export sales for U.S. corn and beans and really the wheat, too.
0: Yeah, and and thinking of exports and thinking of demand, I want to get your thoughts on that, Jeff. I mean, we saw, as you mentioned, good weekly sales. We got a flash sale of beans to China on Friday. Haven't seen one of those in a while. But, you know, you bring up South America. China's largely been going to South America. And we really haven't seen, you know, many of our other big export partners stepping into our markets. I mean, I, I guess at one point, you know, how cheap do we have to go to try and stir up some demand? I mean, wh- what are your thoughts there? What are you feeling in terms of, you know, what could we do to chew through this supply that we have and find some demand that could help out these markets?
5: Well, and it goes right back to so the corn, we have the corn. Uh, South America doesn't have the corn to sell right now. So and, and our, our corn is priced competitively now. The Ukraine does have cheaper uh, logistically, it's closer to China. So uh, FOB Ukraine is going to be a little bit cheaper, uh, but on the vice versa. I mean, seasonally, uh, this is when the, China, the Chinese start to shift some of their bean purchases down to Brazil and Argentina as the harvest progresses. So, um, yes, the, the sales are good to see. You know, they, they've actually had, you know, pretty good demand from China alone. Uh, obviously, they've been spreading it out uh, between uh, Brazil and the U.S., but uh, as we progress into February and definitely March, uh, you will definitely see a, a, a more of an effort of the Chinese to be purchasing the Brazilian beans.
0: Talk to me about this a little bit here, and we don't have to get too deep in the weeds, but I think a lot of farmers are pretty depressed at some of these price levels right now, and a lot of them bin doors have been slammed shut in many cases. As folks are really looking at their marketing plan right now, the theme I've been hearing is you have to do something is better than nothing. But being smart, getting creative, and and using all the tools that you have at your disposal is super important right now in this price environment. Would you agree with that?
5: Well, yeah, Jesse. But, I mean, at this price environment, we've we've had positions on for some time. And now, you know, with, with the reports, you know, we'll put on some short-dated options and some cheap options. But – you know we really want to be you know from a seasonal standpoint you know middle of january not a really good time to be uh, marketing grain uh at least the physical market it's terribly cold outside the roads are terrible uh you know basis it's been pretty weak i mean it it had a little bit of an uptrend here this week um, maybe a little bit of a bias there um, but you know from a seasonal standpoint you really don't want to go out on a limb here in the middle of January and start calling that tops or bottoms in this market. I mean, yes, I'll make an argument that, you know, corn prices are down here at three year lows, uh, but we have the entire season ahead of us. Uh, We've come into this fall and winter uh, very dry here in the Midwest. I think it's the, the, this last four years from 2019 to 2013, uh, at least in Iowa, it's some of the uh, driest years that we have on record for four years consecutively. So there's still a lot of things that can happen. Um, and, you know, that bearish side of the boat right now is getting awfully heavy. And we've all been through markets where it tends to slip one way while the market will just turn around and do the exact opposite. So, you know, I, I don't want to get too bold up here. But, I, again, you just have to remember the facts that, you know, we do have a two billion bushel carryout and, and I, I'm taking out all the inflation, all the inputs, but if you look back in time when we've had a 2 billion bushel carryout, typically corn futures are in that $4 to 4.25 on the board. I mean, that's just where they've been. That's historically. I don't know if it's going to happen again, but you have to look at where we've come to to you know predict some of it in the future. So we'll see what happens here.
0: No, good thoughts uh, for sure. I, I, I've had some folks ask as well, Uh, to get some thoughts from people on looking at not just 24 but 25 crop years i mean are you getting super far out there at this point jeff or at least having an idea as people develop a plan right now what's your thoughts on that
5: Uh, again any anything right now unless you are absolutely have to sell cash um you know right now we would we would much rather with the prices where they're at with uh, being where we are at on the calendar year, uh, we, we would ha- want to have it on paper then ste- stepping out and start selling in the cash market um, just because you know we'd like to get into that June, July, August time frame, maybe get a little tight little bit of a weather market rally uh, take advantage uh, of that. so um, I would just say you know if you do have to make the sale here, I would make sure you buy it back uh, with some call options because when you're forced to sell, sometimes that is the uh, uh, some of the lows in the market.
0: We are joined today by Jeff French from Ag Hedgers here on Market Talk. Jeff, let's go over to livestock uh, cattle. And we're talking just ahead of the release of the cattle on feed report. Uh, I know we've had a, a string of cattle on feed reports now where we've gotten some sort of surprise number that was higher than expected. Your thoughts uh, as this market kind of wraps up the week, though. I know the weather's been a big impact in feedlot country here this week. What's your take on this cattle market and where things stand right now? Give us some thoughts.
5: So the cattle yesterday traded up to a two-month high. um, Got through the fat cattle. February got through the 50-day moving average for the first time since October when the entire meltdown uh, began that two-month sell-off. So. That was good to see, but yes, the the rally seasonally, uh, you want to be long uh, cattle um, from mid-December into uh, the end of January, but also, yeah, the weather has definitely affected logistically moving cattle around, uh, getting them to the packer, obviously, And, and they're not, you know, they're not gaining in this type of weather. You know, they are just eating to survive, but, you know, if you look where we've come here in the last, you know, we made our low the first week of December, we've had a nice you Know 10 to 15 dollar retracement in the fats and 20 to 25 dollar retracement in the feeder. So I, I look at this cattle on feed report. The last couple of cattle on feed reports, the, the placements number has been higher than expected. The on feed has been running uh, well, the last four or five months, it's been running the numbers higher than the previous year. So they are expecting 102 percent plate on feed. Uh, 95% placements and 99% marketings compared to last year. The marketing's number is friendly because we had one less uh, marketing day during December 23 compared to December of 24. So, um, you know, demand remains uh, domestically very, very strong. Uh, But I, I look out here right now after this rally we've had, I look at some of these deferred contracts in that 180, 185 area. Uh, This is where now I'm talking to my clients to get some downside protection because uh, historically that's some very expensive cattle out there.
0: Jeff, I know you're in Iowa. You're in hog country too. Uh, Hogs have done their best here since the first of the year to to try and rally a little bit on the futures board. Uh, That's been a positive in, in my eyes. I know for the entire pork industry, we've been watching a lot of pressure on Chinese pork prices too, I mean things like that. What what's some thoughts in this hog market right now, Jeff? I mean, are, are we do we think that we could continue to maybe have a little bit of a, a bullish gleam in our eyes to some extent here in hogs for the, the short term, Jeff?
5: Well, it, it definitely, you know, we kind of came in pretty negative. I mean, th- there's been mass liquidation throughout this industry. I mean, that's been known, been talked about for some time. That's nobody's surprise. But, you know, we had that nice rally. We kind of came out of the hole. Uh, we we've got, you know, five to $7 off the lows here, but now we've kind of started to run into some resistance areas. Uh, again, uh, I look at the summer contracts in that 90 cent range. Uh, we are just telling producers, Hey, <laughs> get some protection to the downside because going forward here, uh, hopefully, you know, we are up there come this summer. Uh, but we've all seen in years past where the, you know, the futures can come down from there. But, uh, uh, I think better days are ahead. Uh, You know, obviously the industry has bled a lot of red ink the last 12 to 18 months. Uh, But I I think uh, we might be seeing some uh, light at the end of the tunnel, especially on the hog market.
0: Well, that's hopefully the case. Jeff, before we let you go here today on Market Talk, uh, great stuff, great thoughts. Anything final you would share or reiterate to folks who are uh, listening in here today?
5: Well, I would just say, you know, you know, Find an advisor, Uh, you have options available to you where uh, you don't have to go out and commit uh, that physical grain, uh, especially at these prices, there's tools where you can buy put options to protect the downside, where if prices continue to go lower, that put option will come to uh, appreciate. Uh, So at these levels, we just don't want to be going out on limb and and contracting a lot of physical grain. But again, if you have to, there are some reownership opportunities that are pretty cheap. Out to July, I, I would just make sure that, especially going uh, forward here with you know the, the, these markets right now could be awfully thin. Meaning, you know, a, a forty or fifty cent rally in corn might be awfully big. So uh, when it does happen, uh, you have to have a plan where you take a take advantage of it, uh, but also you have Plan B in case it doesn't execute.
0: Jeff, good stuff. If folks want to reach out to you, you mentioned you know having an advisor, maybe they want to work with you. How can they reach you, Jeff?
5: uh uh or you can reach us here at the office at 312-217-0122
0: fantastic jeff french with ag hedgers appreciate you being on market talk with us thanks for the time and we'll have to get you back on the show again real soon thanks so much
5: jesse thank you have a great weekend
0: once again, Jeff French there with Ag Hedgers joining us on Market Talk today. All right, coming up next, we'll wrap things up. We'll take a look at some of the closing market numbers from Friday and cattle on feed numbers hot off the press. We'll recap those all the way next here on Market Talk.
3: If you miss an episode of Market Talk, you can listen back to the show anytime. Just search for Market Talk on your podcast platform of choice, and you can hear past episodes of the program on demand.
4: Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube.
1: you informed with the latest market information for your operation this is market talk now back to jesse allen
0: And welcome back to Market Talk. Thanks for joining us here on the show today. Good stuff on the program with Jeff French from Ag Hedgers. Great conversation. Good to have him on the show and uh, we'll have to have him back on the program again in the future. Also earlier in today's show, Ted Seifried with Zayner Ag Hedge. Uh, great to talk with both those guys here to wrap up the markets for the week and uh, look ahead now towards the end of January and Interesting to see where this market trade goes from here. Let's take a look at some of the uh, closing market action from Friday. And then we're also going to take a look at the uh, catalog feed numbers here before we wrap up today's show. Let's look at corn first. March corn up one and a half Friday, 445 and a half. July corn up three quarters at 464 and a quarter. New crop, December corn, a quarter penny higher, 476. In soybeans, March down a quarter penny, 12.13 and a quarter. July beans down one, 12.32. We finished just off the lows here in soybeans on the day. New crop, November beans unchanged at 11.91 and a quarter on Friday session. Soybean meal for March down 480 a ton, 356.50. Soybean oil for March down 72 points at 46.90. Over in wheat, Chicago wheat march, seven to three quarters higher, five ninety three and three or five ninety three and a quarter july chicago wheat was six higher 609 and three quarters december was up five and three quarters at 636 and a quarter kansas city hard red winter wheat march two and three quarters higher 608 july up three 614 december kc wheat up four and a half 642 and a half spring wheat march seven and a half higher 695 and a half july spring wheat up four and three quarters at 709 december spring wheat three higher at 7:30 and three-quarters. Over in Oats, March up 13, 379 and three-quarters. July Oats up nine and a quarter. Friday, 374 and three-quarters. Canola was three to five lower on the session. In the cotton market, March up 144 points, 83.95. May cotton up 150 points, 84.89. Green on the screen in coffee, sugar, cocoa, orange juice. A little bit in lumber as well on Friday session. In the dairy parlor, we saw kind of a mixed bag there on Friday in Class Three milk and on cheese and butter prices. Over in livestock trade, cattle and hogs. February live cattle down 45, 174.37. April live cattle down 27, 177.37. June live cattle down 20, 174.32. August live cattle down 15, 174.77. Feeder cattle January 82, lower 230.10. March feeders down 60, 231.95. April feeder cattle down 27, 237.47 on Friday. And in the hog trade, February 35 lower, 70.75. April hogs down 30, 78.15. May lean hogs 12 lower, 83.97. June hogs down 42, 91.65. Look over at the feeder cattle index and the lean hog index as well. We saw the feeder cattle index up 142 on Friday, 227.29. Hog index up 53, 67.87. A lot of the uh, cash cattle activity, livestock activity waiting, uh, it seemed, until the um, cattle on feed report was released to try and wrap up the week. Uh, Just taking a look at feedlot country. Saw some bids out there mid-afternoon, 172 live in Kansas and Texas. Small sale in Nebraska at 274. That was pretty much it, though. Uh, be interesting to see how things settle up here now that the uh, cattle feed numbers are out into the market. Maybe get some cleanup activity late on Friday that we could take a look at getting into next week. Now, also, I, I want to take a look here at the uh, DTN. Cash numbers for corn, soybeans, and all three wheats. Uh, real quick, before we dive into those cattle on feed numbers, DTN's cash index for corn 420 on Friday. That was up two cents. The soybean index 1159. That was eight cents higher on the day. Chicago wheat index, the DTN cash index at 526, three cents higher for the previous day. KC wheat, HRW wheat 550. That was up 11 cents for the previous day and the uh, spring wheat number that was uh, 662 DTN's cash index that was up 8 cents from the previous day again that's the DTN cash index numbers for Friday all right well let's uh, wrap up the show and take a look at the latest cattle on feed report uh, out Friday afternoon after the close and have to say, I feel like most of these numbers uh, pretty much came in as expected. Uh, folks were looking for on-feed numbers to be a little over 100%. Placements expected to be down about 4 to 5%. Marketings were expected to be uh, pretty much level. And I would say, for the most part, these uh, numbers Pretty much as expected, cattle on feed up 2% uh, for the January report, 11.9 million head on January 1st of 2024. That inventory included 7.20 million steers and steer calves up 2% for the previous year. That group accounted for 60% of the total inventory. Heifers and heifer calves accounted for 4.74 million head up 2% from 2023. Now placements in feedlots. During December, a lot of folks were going to be watching this placements number 1.70 million head, 4% below 2022. Net placements were 1.64 million head. And so I would say that number pretty much within expectations here. Marketings of fed cattle during December totaled 1.73 million head, 1% below 2022. Other disappearance totaled 60,000 head during December. That was 11% above 2022's numbers. So Overall, me interested to see how the market reacts on Monday to these uh, Catalan feed numbers. To me, largely as I look at that, a pretty pretty neutral report. It feels like to me, and market may have a a different uh, dissemination or a different story here. But I feel like that's largely pretty much as expected. So I'm not anticipating much of a, a huge market move here on Monday. But then again. Um, I've been proven wrong many times before, but again, catalog feed up 2% according to the January report placements 4% lower than 2022. All right. Well, we are out of time here today on market talk. Once again, thanks to our guest analyst, Ted Seifert from Zainer Ag Hedge and Jeff French, from Ag Hedgers, both of them joining us here on the show today. Coming up on our next program, we'll get caught up with John Heinberg from Total Farm Marketing, get his thoughts on the market trade. Also, we'll talk weather with Eric Stodgrass from Nutrient Ag Solutions. Uh, looks like one more Arctic blast here that we got to work through, and the week ahead looking a little warmer. I think a lot of folks could be happy with that. Try to stay warm out there. Thanks for joining us on Market Talk. I'm Jesse Allen. Have a great rest of your day.